Commentary announcer Jeremy the Brain Vilmer, and joining us now is the star of the show, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hello there, Brain. Last week you were the three time NWA World Heavyweight Champion, and this week you're the Brain. Hey, I'm K- doing good. K- kayfabe, good Bobby. To hear K- from the Brain. Kayfabe, Kayfabe. Just, oh, man. Yeah. Just no, no, people don't know. <laughs> no they don't they... know by now that you're the Brain behind no. the Bell to Bell with Blaze podcast. They, they, they might by now. They might by now. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so things are going okay. Um, I, I do, I, I don't necessarily want to start off with something ugly. Do you want to, you want to lead in with something better and then we'll talk about the elephant in the room? Yeah, let's start off our, let's do this today. Let's, let's do our shout outs. How's that? That sounds awesome. Let's give a couple shout outs. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give out a couple real quick. Uh, one, I want to go out to, uh, Dave Selby. I know Dave, he lives down in Carolinas and he wrote, on the uh, Bell to Bell page that we he couldn't believe that we left Dusty Rhodes because that was his favorite all-time um, world champion, greatest of all time, for our last episode, a couple episodes back, I should say. So uh, he gave us an idea that we're going to run with maybe later on today. Um, also, uh, Chief Pete, uh, FFX, and then um, the main one I want to give one out to, and I think you know who this young lady is, I'm going to give one out to Nicola Roberts-Bird. Uh, PKA as professionally known as Baby Doll, the perfect 10. She blended in last night and we had some nice conversation. And you know, I was thinking I, I met her out in Lubbock, Texas, if I'm not mistaken, at a WCW show back in the day. And, uh, what a sweet lady to blend in. She sent us, uh, one of her favorite Dusty, uh, Dusty Rhodes, uh, promos that she was partial to so uh nicola if you're listening honey uh you are the perfect 10 so that's my shout outs and i think you got a special couple too well yeah that was um i I do want to comment on the baby doll one because it just came so out of nowhere you know somebody commented something about uh one of dusty's promos and the next thing you know the next name i'm reading is baby dolls and i'm like Holy cow, look at this. Yeah, that was popped. just yeah, that was just an awesome moment to have her pop in on Twitter. Um yeah, I, I do want to give a couple shout outs real quick here. Uh Joe Slepsky from Joe on Joe podcast about G.I. Joe chimed in to say that he thought Millie killed Billy at the end of the song. Oh, okay. Uh he also said he really enjoyed our top ten holds episode that just came out. Nice. Yeah, nice. so that was it was awesome to hear from Joe. Um, also, I do want to go, and uh, this is this is going to come with a request. If you're listening to us on iTunes or Google Play, please rate and review us on there. And that being said, I want to give a big shout-out to Rod Hicks, who had this to say. He said, a true unsung hero of the ring. Bobby Blaze is the wrestler's wrestler, self-made and world-traveled. Bobby's experience inside the world of professional wrestling are unrivaled. Told as only Bobby can, these stories are insightful and hilariously entertaining. A must-listen for any true fan of professional wrestling. So, Rod, it's a big thank you to you, sir. Rod, good brother. Hashtag at good brother. Rod's one of those good brothers out there. So, uh, Rod, man, you melt my heart, brother. Thank you. God bless you. I appreciate that, my friend. Um, and thanks for shouting out to him, Jeremy. That's awful nice of you, man. And thanks for the kind words, Rod. Appreciate that, bro. 
Yep. And then last but not least, uh, Scott Cornish chimed in a little bit on Twitter for us. Yeah. Uh, giving us a little recommendation saying that he listened to us and other people should too. Yeah, there you go. We should all be like him, he said. Listen to the show. Yeah. And that's Bell to Bell Blaze or Bobby Blaze 744 or the Geekish Cast on Twitter and just drop us a line, you know, let us know and also give us a review on Google Play or iTunes because we appreciate it, man. It's great to have that interaction because as you've heard, we gave some shout outs every show and today we just gave out four or five more good shout outs and um, we appreciate your feedback. So that's, that's good, good deal, yeah, man. We appreciate the feedback, and we also uh, like to interact with listeners. We want to hear what your thoughts are. You know, let yes. us know when you think we're going in the right direction, the wrong direction, or whatever. Yeah, you don't have to agree with us sometimes. You yeah. know, um, if you're listening to you know our greatest of all time, if you didn't like who we picked as you know our greatest of all time champion, or if you don't think that this hold was uh, ranked above another hold that you like or a move that you like better, let us know. We're we're open to suggestions. We're open to feedback. We're open to to discussion with discussing it with you on Twitter. Um, also, I know there's a Facebook page, uh, a group. I'm gonna let you announce that if you don't care, Jeremy. They can interact there on oh, Facebook as absolutely. well. Absolutely, you can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash bell to bell. I moderate this page and just kind of let Bobby know what's going on. Uh, it is a group page, so you do have to request entrance into the group, but uh, Bobby will be poking his head in from time to time as I request it. So if you got questions, yeah. you got comments, just get in there let us know. Uh, we do appreciate you joining, and we appreciate you guys coming back to listen to us again. Yeah, so welcome back for this episode. This is episode four, and uh, we've got a really fun and exciting show lined up for you. I'm sure everyone will really, really like this uh, episode. I, I, I just got a good, good feeling about it. Yeah, I do too. It's it's a, a topic that kind of came about because we were shamed into it. Yep. But before, <laughs> before we get that far, we are recording this two days after Anthony Bourdain committed suicide. And that was five days after Kate Spade committed suicide. Not a fun topic to talk about. So, Bobby, I'm going to throw this to you and let you kind of talk for a second, and then I'll follow up with a little something, then we'll get started. I just wanted to say that the there's help out there, people. Uh, those were celebrities, and they are real people. Just because they were celebrities, they were real human beings, and I have no idea what was going through their head or through their mind or through their heart, whether they're battling depression or just not happy or, or, or what have you. I really don't know, but people, there's help out there. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is one 800 273 8255. And if you need someone to talk to, call that prevention hotline number. Talk to a friend. Don't be afraid to seek help. This touches everyone's lives. It's touched my life in a personal way in the past, and it'll probably touch all of our lives again in the future in some way, sadly to mention. And we're not trying to put a bummer or a downer on the show because we do have a fun show lined up. But please, if you're, if you're dealing with anything and, you, and you're thinking about you know, the final solution. Well, suicide is not the final solution, folks. And there's a National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and it's 1-800-273-8255, Jeremy. The, the way to call that out also is 800-273-TALK. Mm, thank you. So, and that's the, that's the number here in the States. I believe every country has a different suicide helpline. Uh, they have them for transgender people, for, for teenagers, for younger people, for drug addicts. If you can, and you are considering this, even if it's just a rogue thought while you're having a couple too many beers, please stop, 
and look up a number and talk to somebody because you can always do it later. But if you do it now, you can't fix anything else. You know, so please look for a little help. And Bobby, I'm going to I'm going to follow up with a little little story here about uh, two different points in my life. Please do. Thank you. About 10 years ago, my wife and I lost a child to a drug overdose. Uh, Intentional or not, we will never know. A week later, I lost my job. And it was at the start of the recession, so there was no work to be found. At this point in my life, I went on massive doses of antidepressants and other things, as you can understand. I also had the forethought to have my wife hide all my bullets, just in case. So fast forward to, uh, you know, a week or, oh no, two weeks ago. Well, earlier this year, and you know this, and I haven't talked about it on the air, but my father passed right. away. My yes, first, sir. my first thought when my dad passed away was, well, shit, now I'm going to lose my job. Fast forward to May, I lost my job. So <laughs> Friday morning or whatever morning that was, I went in and woke my wife up and I handed her my phone with the announcement about Anthony Bourdain. And she looked me right in the face. She goes, I already hit all your bullets. Don't get crafty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So not a great story, but one I thought I would share that sometimes you have down moments and there's always hopefully a way out. So please try to talk to somebody. Thank you for sharing those stories with us. I've read 10 chapters of your wife's book. I've really enjoyed it. Um, And you share some things off air concerning that as Mm -hmm. well as possibly, well, not possibly, but losing your job. And we had to fuck February way back before um, the uh, we got on a podcast because that was a bad month for both of us. Yep. But um, without bringing back all the bad things, um, thank you so much that you're still here with us. Thank your wife for hiding those fucking bullets. <laughs> and and let's, let's just, let me just say thank you for sharing that. We've all been there to some degree. It's affected us as we just talked about. I'm glad you're here with me today that we can record this show. And um, with that, let's go into our topic, unless you have anything else to add. I think, well, let's see here. I think that pretty much gets us up to date, and we're going to try to get the booger flicked off our finger that that left. Okay. <laughs> today, well, like I said, we're, we're kind of shamed into it. Bobby, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about a tremendous wrestler and showman, six foot three, 300 pounds of agility, strength, and grace in the ring. And we left out, he made our honorable mention... Dusty, the American Dream Roads, out of our top ten greatest of all time world heavyweight champions. And a few people, I mentioned Selby earlier, few people mentioned how could you fucking leave Dusty off your list. So we're dedicating this show to Dusty, the American Dream Roads. And with that, we're going to do a top ten of Dusty Roads uh, uh, highlights, things in his career. I'm going to start that by reading... If you don't mind, I'm going to start that by reading from Dusty, Reflections of Wrestling's American Dream. I'm going to read, that's his book. As we know, he passed away in 2015, but I'm going to read this. First paragraph of his book, Dusty, Reflections of America's, or Wrestling's American Dream. I've seen the best of times. I've seen the worst of times. But this ain't no two-city tale. This is my tale. This is my story. This is my life. This is the story of how Virgil Riley Reynolds Jr. was born a proud Texan and went from being the son of a plumber to the last boy in the woods and lived the American dream as Dusty Rhodes. So that's how he opened his book. Yep. And with that, we have a top ten we like to count down. Oh, uh, real real quick before we do the top ten, I just yeah. want to let everybody know 
that right now I've set up a couple quick links. If you haven't read Dusty's book, tinyurl.com slash dustybook1 will take you to my Amazon page where you can buy it. I will get a little kickback from it, but then you're helping out the show, and you're reading what is actually a really good book if you can keep Dusty's voice out of your head while you're reading it. <laughs> and there was no way I could have read it in Dusty's voice. So no, <laughs> no one. There's some some people I guess can do a good Dusty, but use the title URL, give a little kickback to the program, and uh, give it out again, Jeremy. That's tinyurl.com. Dusty book one. There you go. Okay, with that, we ready to start the top ten? Yes, we are. Let's start All with. All right. Here's number ten. All right. 2007 Hall of Fame inductee, inducted by his sons into the WWE Hall of Fame. I think those Hall of Fame's a little bit crazy uh, because, you know, it's fan-generated uh, for the WWE. But I have to say, uh, of course, that's the biggest, you know, product out there, and they're, they're honoring him, and he got inducted into it. But there's probably not one Hall of Fame uh out there anywhere does does not include Dusty Rhodes in the Hall of Fame. He he is Hall of Fame. I know he's an Observer Hall of Famer. Um, I know he's a PWI Hall of Famer and whatever whatever else is out there. I'm sure Dusty. So that's my my number ten comes in at the 2007 inductee into the Hall of Fame. I, I watched a bit of that the other day and I got choked up watching it. And I do have to say oh, that nice. Not that he got choked up. Uh, Not, I have I a didn't terrible. Get, yeah. I didn't get choked out. I just got a little yeah, choked up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. Um, number nine, moving right along. Uh, big pop for me, and this is just so simple, man. It's just so simple. But uh, the Bionic Elbow, man, Bionic Elbow. Uh, Dusty just he put that elbow up there, and, man, boom, 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 and pow, pow, pow. And it's like watching, you know, better than any fucking, I won't say better than any fucking episode of Batman, but you got the pals and the wows. And when he popped that elbow on top people, people was bumping all over that ring. So number nine was the Bionic Elbow. What about it, Jeremy? The Bionic Elbow is one that I really liked when I was younger. And then I went through the phase where I thought it looked silly. And now that I'm older, I appreciate it for what it was. Um, yeah, when he flattened somebody on the top of their head with his elbow, man, it was they bounced all over the ring right after. Yeah. It was something to see. Yeah, you worded it perfect the way you said that as a kid, and then you kind of ah, like, and then now you're like, yeah, it really was something. Yeah, <laughs> good, good stuff, man, good stuff. Uh, coming in at number seven, Dusty, the American Dream Rhodes. He main evented not once but twice Madison Square Garden with superstar Billy Graham back in the day. I think they took place like 1977. Um, they drew huge crowds, uh, sold out the arena. Madison Square Garden, big stardust himself out there with the, you know, WWF champion of the world. And Dusty Rose out there challenged him. The first time, I think Dusty won via countout. And the second time, it was a double knockout, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Graham just got his arm up over him. Um, and, and, of course, both times Graham retained the title. But still, man, Dusty Rhodes going all over the world. And, and then he's in Madison Square Garden working and wrestling against, you know, for, you know, back then the WWF against the world heavyweight champion superstar Billy Graham. And we both had him on our top ten, you know, greatest of all time champions. So, uh, man, what a fucking main event that was, huh? Or both of them were, I imagine. Uh, so I was watching that, one of those matches. Now, Bobby, am I wrong? There were three total matches between the two of them, but only two were at Madison. Square Garden, right? That's so, what I found as well. Okay. 
I don't remember which match I was watching. I think it was the Texas Death Match, but I don't know for sure. But I did see a comment underneath it on YouTube where a guy wrote, there is more charisma in that ring in that moment than there is in the entire roster of any professional wrestling company right now. <laughs> um, I can believe that. Yeah. Whoever wrote that, they're pretty damn smart. <laughs> that, was, that was an insightful, an insightful moment. That's one thing you got to get. I mean, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but, you know, Dusty's belly was a little bit too big and his hiney was a little bit too big. But as a fan, you had to stand back and just watch it because he could draw yeah. a crowd. He could draw a pop. He uh, it was just Dusty Rhodes is incredible. Can I, can I take a quick aside and we'll get back to your next number here? Yes. Uh, so depending on who you ask, my younger brother, Dustin, was either named after uh, Dusty Rhodes or some actor. That it was in something and won an award. <laughs> to this day, I hold that it was Dusty Rhodes. Uh, there you my, go. my dad has passed away. We can't ask him, but I'm sure if you ask my brother, he'd also say Dusty Rhodes. So I just oh, want to give a man. shout out right there, real quick, to my dad and my little brother. There you go. Good deal. They deserve that shout out, man. Yeah. Good deal. Uh, I don't know what actor you'd be talking about. He had yeah. to be named after Dusty Rhodes, no I, doubt. I would figure, yeah. <laughs> Okay, the next one, uh, team with Dick Murdoch early in his career, the Texas Outlaws, man. That That's uh, them two guys. There's an old tape I saw just start circulating maybe in the last year or so from up in maybe Detroit. And they're, they're, it's just just to see them two together, you can imagine the hell they reeked in the fucking ring together, man. Oh, yeah. uh, Murdoch and Rhodes together, the Texas Outlaws. That's just got to be Damn, I'd, uh, I'd hate to look across the ring and see those two damn guys coming at me with that blonde hair. And Dusty was in pretty good shape at that time, too, yeah. uh, of, his, of his career, you know. And you know they're just out going out every night and drinking some fucking beer and probably banging rats and, um, you know, getting to the next town and just um, just having a fucking ball, man. But those Texas outlaws, uh, that that that's a... That's a big dusty moment for me to see some of those matches. Um, and I've only seen a couple of them, but what a fucking tag team that was, huh? One, it comes, <laughs> it comes from a time there's not a lot of footage that exists of the 60s and the early 70s. So really, mm. all, a lot of that we just catch stories, or you might get you might get film of it, but there's no audio to go with it a lot of times. So yeah. when you can find it, it's something to see. Also, it's something not a lot of us ever saw again, which was heel dusty roads. Right, right, yeah. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I'll give a cheap plug. I think the 605 posted that off of YouTube that someone else had, had found and put up. So uh, hats off to whoever put it up and hats off to the 605 podcast for uh, for putting it out there, you know, um, because I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. And I think it's been like in our last year or so. Um, it was really good footage, though, to find or to, for someone yeah. to find. No, that's great. So, also, can I mention what a great name Dirty Dick Murdoch is? <laughs> you know I think somebody you was, just did. Yeah, you know somebody was having fun when they came up with that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's great. <laughs> oh man, you get me off base here. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, about that. so no, that's okay. That's great. Um, the next one I had that I just heard a lot about because when I trained in Tampa and some of the guys that were like my age. Um, give or take a year or two, maybe three, either way. Uh, some of them were actually there. Some of them used to watch the old uh, 
uh, I'm saying old now, it wasn't at the time, of course, the championship wrestling from Florida, the, uh, when Eddie Graham was, uh, you know, had that territory, Dusty Rose booked, uh, the last tango in Tampa. It took place in 1980. They sold out the stadium there. He, he wrestled Harley Race to a one hour Broadway and uh, he was really proud of that. I read that, um, how proud he was of, of, uh, there was another show shortly after that that sold out. I think that sold had, that show had like 35,000 people, I think, and then a couple of days or a week later, they drew in an indoor arena 18,000 and sold it out also. But he was real proud of that last tango in Tampa uh, against Harley Race in, in 1980. And I just, I thought, man, what a fucking angle to build that up and to sell out. You know, that was that was Florida's first super show, from my understanding, the way that Dusty booked it. So uh, my hat's off to that. That That's incredible, you know, to do something like that back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just as a marker, that was number six. Yes. Um, of course, that predated my, my wrestling fandom by a little bit, and I've only ever heard about it. Um, yeah. But that is definitely, yeah. I mean, you know, going an hour was – Lucy was race uh, NWA champ at the time, and he must have yes, been. Right? Yeah. Yes, he was. Yeah. And that's the thing. Uh, my At that time, I was just, um, you know, obviously just a fan and reading all the magazines. We didn't get any. Uh, we got Georgia Championship Wrestling in 81 up here on the Superstation. So anytime we got some footage here or there uh, from Florida or from somewhere else that someone sent in, if there's a title change or something like that. So in 1980, that would have been, you know, stuff of legend of just wrestling fans that, that I knew from school that we all read the, uh, the magazines or the after magazines that we called them. So yeah, it predated a little bit of, of me actually seeing some of those things as well, but just reading about it and hearing about them and seeing his cover on so many magazines back in the day, you know, that's going to lead me to something else here in just a few minutes. But, uh, yeah, um, I agree with you. It's one of those things just that led Legends are made of, you know, to, to hear about that, uh, no matter how old you are and you're thinking, oh, shit, man, uh, didn't get to actually see it, but I know guys that did and I read about it in a magazine, you know, that that's pretty damn cool. So, yeah, and that's I mean, that's just you put those two guys in the ring and both of them just were tougher than the nails. Yes. I have to yeah. imagine some stiff shots were thrown in that match. <laughs> well, speaking of stiff shots, that's going to take me to number five. And I did see this highlights only, not in person. Um, it was against Flair in the cage when the Andersons hit the cage in 1985 in Atlanta, hot Atlanta, Georgia, at the Omni. And they broke Dusty Rose's leg, man. And you talk about an angle, man. It's him and Flair in a cage. You know, the NWA, the the Jim Crockett promotions, I guess, Georgia Championship, whatever. Man, they just, there's Flair and Dusty in that cage, and, you know, no one can get in, no one can get out, and all of a sudden there comes the Andersons, and then they got Dusty at the big disadvantage. They're beating a rock and roll express off the size of the cage and every other baby face trying to make a save to get down there and they put out dusty's leg and flair does a big knee drop off the top it's, it was just you hated it you hated it because you know you had that 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 turn man that there's dusty uh, it just makes you you know that getting that sympathy from those fans man stardust you know he's out his leg is broken man it took three men you know it took it took flair and the andersons who at the time were of course going as his cousins you know and and uh when when ollie and Arn hit that ring and boom man they're just 
uh, just good, good, good wrestling angles. You know, it makes you want to yeah. be a fan, or it makes you are a fan, makes you appreciate. You know what a fucking angle that was. And that's a hard one to do now because everybody's. You know, we see too much behind the curtain. Um, yeah. Back in these days, you know, you might think one or two matches you saw were were played out or whatever, but something like this, those three beating the shit out of Dusty, breaking his leg. Most people bought that. There was a riot that night too, right? You know what? I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. If I remember right, I'm not going to say declaratively yes, but if I remember right, it was a good thing that that cage was there because Flair and the Andersons would have been ripped to shreds by the crowd. Yeah, and I think it was something about some of the guys that came out, if I'm not mistaken, someone mentioned it that um, if they didn't have their shirts off, the security wasn't sure if they were wrestlers coming out to help or not. And they was actually going to... I can't remember if that was the actual night or not. Someone got hurt because they came out with the shirt on and started climbing a cage, and they thought of the fan, and I guess they pulled him off. And I, I don't know if that was the exact night or not, but, yeah, I, I do know on the footage you can see the Rock and Roll Express and a couple others coming out there. Um, but I, but I'm, I'm sure, you know, there was just fucking uh, chaos ensued, you know, as you can imagine. Um, they probably had a hard time clearing that building out that night. I'm sure uh, of it. So yeah. someone probably had flat tires and broken windows out back of the armory as well, you know, in their cars, yeah. I would imagine. So. Well, and I know that there was a night that Ole was damn near killed. Ole Anderson was sliced mm. wide open. I, I think I heard Jim Cornette on one of the, one of the many podcasts he does yeah. talking about it. But, you know, I'm surprised more guys weren't killed coming out of that ring. The way they used to, the villains, the heels, used to be able to generate so much heat. Yeah, and screw over the good guys so good that you literally wanted to kill him, and I think that's what's yeah. missing from the business today. Yeah, when you listen to Cornette, you know he he's on several podcasts like you mentioned, but you know he talks about like especially down there uh, for Watts down in Louisiana, how the hell he even survived half the time. He talked about you know the heat they generated, and and every course everyone wanted to kill him, you know, and. Um, uh, Real quickly, I know uh, Professor Boris Malenko, my trainer, he got sliced over in, uh, I think it was Richmond, Virginia, man. A fan got him with a knife down the back, man, uh, in a riot one night. I think he had like 76 ditches, if I'm not mistaken. Jeez. He told me this story. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back in those days, and I think you've probably seen the footage where, um, I can't remember exactly, is it Ox Baker and Ernie Ladd in Cleveland, maybe? That footage is out there. Uh, they have a riot in Cleveland. I mean, just, it's, it's unreal, the heat. Uh, that the the heels used to be able to generate um, when when I hate to even say, I don't even know how they best word it when people still fucking believed you know when you're when your suspension and and your belief of of uh, was suspended that you know hey this is fucking happening this is real um, you know the best thing I say is still real to me damn it you know what I'm saying <laughs> so uh, I miss those days when people were that fucking outright they wanted to kill that heel for cheating or screwing over that fucking baby face man so anyway not to get off the subject there that's going to lead in with that broken leg even though this happened a few years earlier a big pop for me it said criteria 1980 it could have been 79 or 81 but there was a magazine i was flipping through it and inside of it there's an ad for stand back and dusty Rhodes is doing the stand back commercial 
and it says, I can tell you about pain. And he had a shirt on. That's what it said. I can tell you about pain. And there was even a commercial. And he said, I can tell you about pain, daddy. But the also the commercial, there's only like 10 seconds of it on the air on, on YouTube. And I'd love to see the rest of it. But my brother even thought he saw it on a damn soap uh, opera with my mom one time. But I know there was a commercial. And at the end, the girl, you know, he takes a stand back. And the girl's like, come on, Stardust. Or come on, American Dream. Or whatever, you know, because Dusty, he's done took it and you know those commercials marketing towards people you know like he took it and he's ready now to go out and roll with the women you know after uh giving or getting his ass beating a ring but he had that blue shirt on i think it had yellow letters and it said i can tell you about pain and i just popped for that man that's just the dusty highlight for me um oh stardust himself you know uh promoting a damn uh stand stand back so um anyway anything to add right there well, I'm just, I just found the ad, and I, we're going to have to figure out a way to at least tweet that out or something. Yeah, yeah, we need yeah. to. We need to, yeah. So we're getting down to the top three. Um, somewhere in there, I think you're going to drop uh, drop something in there for us. Uh, so be, be listening for that, fans, as, as you're listening to our, our countdown here. But number three, a big pop for me, man. I remember I was seeing this girl. She had bought this big color TV, big for the day, but, you know, one of those fucking floor models. Uh, you know, if the speakers on each side, it was probably weighed 750 fucking pounds. And she lived around a corner from me. And uh, I'd go over on Saturdays, and I think it's probably the only way I fucking why I date her because she had this big, nice new TV back in the day. But um, uh, I watched wrestling, the old NWA and the uh, Jim Crockett promotions. Uh, we started picking up on one of the stations around here out of uh, Charleston. They started playing a, a, a playback of some of the stuff you might not have seen on, on a Saturday night program. But the Midnight Rider, Big Dusty, come out on that horse, man, just trotting across through there. The Midnight Rider with the, uh, I guess, the Almond Brothers in the background cranking it up. And back when you could get away with doing those videos and vignettes when <laughs> – I don't know if they paid the Almond Brothers a dime for their music or what, but there's that, you know, Midnight Rider, and there's Dusty on that fucking horse, man. He's the Midnight Rider. But but we all know it wasn't Dusty. It was the Midnight Rider, you know, and it's just, man, I pop big time seeing that. And it's just like I can go back in my mind until I'm 25 years old probably and, and you know, um, go in that girl's house, and she's probably like, you know, not that I didn't fuck her, but she's probably wondering why he's not fucking me because I'm sitting here watching wrestling, you know. Because I'm trying to watch Dusty Rhodes riding a big fucking horse that has the Midnight Rider coming across the TV screen. And the truth is, it's probably only a 25-inch TV at the time. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how big it was, but it was big, big four model. But by God, it was color. It had a, it had a wireless or a cordless remote to it. But uh, that was one of the first things I watched was professional wrestling on it. And she's sitting there like probably thinking, you know, he'd come over to watch wrestling or he'd come over to date. You know, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, I know really? by God, my mind, uh, she's a good looking woman. And uh, but my mind, I was over probably watching that fucking wrestling. Yeah. Well, you're just like, wait, wait until 805. It'll be over. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. So number two for the NWA and uh, JCP at Crockett Promotions there, the flagship event was created by Dusty Rhodes, man. He created Starcade 1983 on that closed-circuit TV. And, man, I didn't get to see it back then, but I certainly heard about it, read about it, you know, saw some of the highlights that they would play on the air. But, but think about that. You come up with an event, Starcade, 
and Dusty Rose was a man behind that, that that creative fucking mind, man. You know, that just set it off for for what eventually, as that became the flagship uh, yearly show for NWA, it, you know, forced uh, Vince's hand to eventually do something, too, and, and led into him coming up with, from my understanding, you know, the, the WrestleMania deal. And, and, you know, people can go back and fact check and, and do whatever, and that's fine, but we're just going on Dusty Rose top ten, and to me... Uh, any man that, that came up creative mind and said, here's what we're going to do, daddy, you know, if you will, or what have you. However, he said that and came up with it, convinced him and did a closed circuit TV and had Starcade 83, man. What a fucking concept. I, I'm trying to figure it out because this would have been early when I had just started watching wrestling and it was still mostly regional, even though things happen. I think in this starting this year with Vince McMahon trying to go national, this was an early concept for a really, really, really big show, and that's a yes. hallmark of Dusty Rhodes. He yes. always thought big. Yes. He thought, you know, well, you know, to crib Ric Flair a little bit, you know, jet planes and movies and starlets, and that's where his head was, was big, all the time big. And this, you can definitely see, this was the start of him thinking that way, I think. Yeah. And this is what uh, confirmed in his head that that's the way to go. And, of course, that's the direction the business went. Yep. I, I think he was like maybe two steps ahead of the game at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, and those time references, um, you know, people can fact check, like you said, but there was there was some TBS stuff going on. There was some Vince was trying to, you know, start his national thing, and, and a lot of stuff happened. But, man, Dusty was thinking big, you know, and came up with Starcade. I know this, they still have a Starcade, um, even though it's, you know, different than what it was then. But still the first original Starcade, you know, Dusty Rhodes, man, which is going to lead to number one, unless you have anything else to add on those first nine. You want to go back and retract anything? Or no, no, verify? I'm good there. I've got, I've got two or three things that I may follow up with after number one. Okay, good, good. And I do hope you throw in one thing we had talked about, uh, a certain video, and I, I'm sure you will. You'll edit it in there, so when, when it goes there, people, be ready because uh, we've got some good stuff lined up for it. So if my number one, what I've done is I've tied this in to where it's all started from, the greatest of all time world heavyweight wrestling champion, Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream, not once, not twice, but was three times world NWA heavyweight champion. In 1979, he beat Harley Race. 19, that was in Tampa. 1981 in Hot Atlanta, GA. Uh, he beat Race again. And then his last title reign was the 1986. Dig this, man. The Great American Bash. And he beat Ric Flair for the title that time. So three times. Not once, not twice. But three times. We both had him as honorable mention. So this mm-hmm. is our makeup show. Let you know these were just some top ten moments in Dusty Rhodes' career, tap, topped off by him being number one and the greatest of all time heavyweight champions because he won the title three times. I am going to stand by, and I'm going to illustrate this a bit. Yes, it's important that Dusty won the title. It's yes. a big deal when Dusty won the title. But you throw the, the U.S. title on Dusty Rhodes, and he makes it a big deal. Yes. You throw the TV title on Dusty Rhodes. The TV title's a big deal because it's Dusty Rhodes. Shit, you throw polka dots on Dusty Rhodes, Dusty Rhodes will get polka dots over. Yes. Dusty Rhodes is a big deal. The reason he was an honorable mention and not on my list of top tens was Dusty Rhodes was more important than the belts he was wearing. 
Dusty Rhodes was a star with or without the belt. Mm-hmm. It is important that he won him. And I remember as a kid, I saw that uh, 1986 when he beat Flair. I, it was one of the most exciting wins I'd ever seen in a match. Yeah. Again, I just Dusty's so much bigger than a world title. You know? See, that's that's what I thought too, Jeremy. And we we said, well, we could have had 17. We narrowed mm-hmm. down to 10. We both, without even knowing each other's list at that time, had Dusty as honorable mention. Because I agree with you, and I had a note there. I, I knew about the obviously the the U.S. World Heavyweight, um, the the U.S. title rather. TV titles, but my big thing was they stuck the man in fucking polka dots kind of as a rib or a payback or fuck you, and he still got it over, man, you mm-hmm. know? And um, to me, it, it, there's just certain people in this business, um, you know, that don't actually need the title to, to be the man. And, and Dusty, even though he won three world, you know, NWA heavyweight titles, I, I'm with you on that. Um, he was just bigger than the title, man. He he drew money everywhere he went. He was a huge star. Uh, you know, he was he was just the American dream, man. Um, he talked with a lisp. He, you know, he he he, he was styled and profiling like Ric Flair, but but didn't have like like he, you're gonna you know not to give any spoiler alerts away, but some of the promos you're gonna put on here. I mean, he like you already mentioned, he had that little his belly was a little bit bigger, his hiney was a little bit bigger, you know. He was bigger than the fucking title itself and he didn't need that to get over. Dusty Rose could get over without being the champion. And yeah. he did, and he did. So I think we both had the right idea with our top ten and putting him as honorable mention because of what you said and what I said. So Yep. And so I, I do want to, if anybody took offense to me leaving him off, it certainly wasn't because I don't like Dusty Rhodes. I love Dusty Rhodes. Big fan. I agree 100%. So again, I just want to throw this out there. If you haven't read Dusty's book, you can go to tinyurl.com slash dustybook1. It'll help support the show. Bobby, I do want to mention something that even if I had written my own list, I would have probably left off. But when we were talking, I wrote this note, Dusty versus Tolly. Mm. That might have been just as important as Dusty versus Flair. Tully Blanchard, I agree. Yeah, Tully Blanchard was a little shit-eating son of a bitch that you wanted to <laughs> slap the fuck out of every time you saw him. Yeah. Who was drinking champagne and nailing girls that were twice as tall as he was. And Dusty, <laughs> <laughs> and Dusty got to come along as the working man who's drinking cold beers on the side of the road and slapped the piss right out of him. That's right. And then, again, go back to we had Baby Doll blend in one of her favorite moments. You know, and and there she was out there with Dusty, but she was on Tully's arm at that time to set up that whole angle. And so I agree, those fucking matches with uh, Tully were just as important. Um, all those lead up, those angles, great fucking ideas, and it just, that's when pro wrestling was just pro wrestling. Even if you knew you was being entertained, well, fuck yeah, you're being entertained as fucking professional wrestling. <laughs> what do you think it's there you for? Know? Exactly. You know what you're getting when you buy the ticket or turn the switch on to that new girl's new fucking TV. You know what I'm saying? You see Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so with that said, I want you to put your, um, if people are listening from around the world, and we have people around the world, not just the U.S. listening, please, you know, let us know what you think about our top ten Dusty moments. Send us some pictures. Send us some, some audio. Send us some uh, YouTube clips if you want. Hashtag that with BBBB. That's Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. You can reach Jeremy at the Geekish Cast 
And you can reach me at BobbyBlaze744 on Twitter. And Jeremy, if you don't mind, I'm going to give a, a shameless plug here um, to my book, I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler. I'm going to read something I wrote about Dusty Rose in a section called Just Passing Through, if you'll give me just a minute. Is that okay? Please, the floor is yours. <clears throat> okay, so this is from I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler, and I had the privilege of meeting Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, the American dream. I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I have slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. And that's the direct Dusty quote there, and that's how I opened it up. And I'm just going to read the first and last paragraph of what I wrote about Dusty. One of the most charismatic and over guys in professional wrestling of all time was Stardust himself, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, icon. Dusty is one who is just that, an icon. In a world in which we throw around the words like superstar, legend, and icon way too much, that is not the case when it comes to Dusty, because Dusty, he was an icon. And I talked to a little bit more down through there about um, the Hard Times video and promo that Jeremy's going to put on here, along with some other stuff. And then I close it out with this last paragraph. With all that said, and we went through top ten, and we probably added three or four more other things as we went through this, Jeremy and myself did. So with all that said, all I can say is it was an honor to have met you, Dusty Rhodes, in person. It was one of the highlights of my career to hear your voice, along with Tony Schiavone, calling out many of my matches on WTBS, the mothership if you will, on WCW Saturday night. Thank you, Dusty Rhodes, for all you did and for all you gave to the world of professional wrestling. Rest in peace, Dream. So. I don't know how to follow that. Brother, we can just follow up by saying we were blessed to see one of the greatest, most charismatic performers in the world of professional of all time in seeing the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Well, with that, guys, I think we'd better just uh, we're going to close out here. Don't don't cut off when we're done talking. Stick around and listen for a minute because we got a couple things for you to check out and experience the greatness that was Dusty Rhodes. So, Bobby, you want to say goodbye? You got anything else you want to throw out there? Man, I just want to say thanks for the emotional, and educational, a spiritual, and a very good good time remembering the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, and thank you, Jeremy. I really do appreciate you very much. Wrestling fans, just keep staying tuned to the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast. Hashtag BBBB. Reach Jeremy at the Geekish Cast. Reach me at Bobby Blaze 744 on Twitter. And have fun, man. And just be thankful that we got to see some of the greatest professional wrestling of all time and that of the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Absolutely. Before I go, I'm going to throw this out there. Guys, if you haven't read Bobby's books, you can get to them now, and you, the show gets a little bit of money if you buy them through this link, tinyurl.com slash blazebook1 and tinyurl.com blazebook2. Third, if you haven't read Dusty's book, tinyurl.com slash dustybook1. Uh, it's a great way to catch them. Bobby, thank you for joining me again this week. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you. It's my pleasure, my friend. All right, and listeners, please stick around for a minute. And until next time, bye-bye, everybody. Here is the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. And Dusty, your fans.
Burns, welcome you back, man. First of all, I would like to thank the many, many fans throughout this country that wrote cards and letters to Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, while I was down. Secondly, I want to thank Jim Crockett Promotions for waiting and taking the time because I know how important it was. Starcade 85, it is to the resident fans, it is to Jim Crockett Promotions. And Dusty Rhodes, the American dream, with that weight, got what I wanted. Ric Flair, the world's heavyweight champion. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. That's hard time. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm going to reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Dusty Rhodes Tour 85 and Ric Flair, Nature Boy. Let me leave you with this. One way to hurt Ric Flair is to take what he cherishes more than anything in the world. That's the world's heavyweight title. I'm gonna take it, I've been there twice. This time when I take it, daddy, I'm gonna take it for you. Let's gather for it. Don't let me down now, cause I came back for you, for that man up there that died 10, 12 years ago and never got the opportunity to see a real wolf champion. And I'm proud of you and thank God I have you. And I love you. Love you!